This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 463, recorded on October 8th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Costin, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. And Mike, we sat on the deck last night, turned the lights on, enjoyed a beverage and a cigar. 77, 76, gorgeous. We tried to do the same thing. We actually tried to light a fire because I'm like, you know what? A little campfire right now would be yeah. perfect. Uh, the wood I had had not been dead long enough because it was the wood we got when the storm rolled it's, through and knocked all those trees. So it needs to dry a little bit more. But yeah, same dry. thing, Jim. Nathaniel, yeah. it's, is it dry up there for you guys? I mean, we're really, yeah. I don't think we've seen rain in two months. Dry for mm. you guys? Up there? Yeah, we've gotten a little bit of rain, but not much. We've had like a week of 30s and 40s, and then this week is 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's up and down like yeah. usual, and now all the leaves are falling. The one thing they say is like, you've had a lot earlier colors, earlier leaves falling than yeah. normal. I think with the dryness, the trees are just ready to give up. <laughs> They're like, let's yeah. get rid of these things and go dormant for the winter. But it has created some in the Midwest here, just some spectacular evenings. Gorgeous. And so, man, if you hopefully where you're at and where you're listening, you've got a chance to do that as well. Uh, I was talking to some friends in Australia this morning and it was raining. So it's probably good. You need it. But we could use some too. Of course, what we could really use is some good show notes. And so full transcripts and a few notes that are out there today out at the average guy. Dot TV. Of course, uh, this month, it's October, we're talking a little bit about Canva. I talked a little bit about this last week. If you go to the averageguy.tv slash Canva, you can use your free plan or sign up for it. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of, you know, it's like creating graphic design for dummies. A great way, even I can do it. The album art, a lot of the album art we do here. One of the things or I created on Canva, one of the things I forgot to mention, I mentioned at the very end of the show last week is, we're doing a little contest, and I'd like you to jump on Canva and try to create some album art. You can either do it to recreate the Home Gadget Geeks album art. Uh, I'll use it temporarily. Or if you want to change the, the show art for this particular show or any of the shows, be creative. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Canva. You can use a free plan. They have some paid plans if you want to get some art. Like we mentioned last week, you can... Download some of those images and pay for them. They're like a buck. It's not terribly expensive. Mm. Um, I use it for work all the time. Check it out. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Canva. Send me your submissions, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, and we'll see if we can get those. We can kind of sneak those in uh, and get them, you know, get your get, get a chance for you to influence what we do here with the album art. A couple of reminders before we get started. One, October uh, 24th is our 2020 meetup, M-E-A-T meetup. Uh, going on barbecue, grill, and smoking meetup. By the way, don't have to do any of those to be a part of this meetup. So if you're thinking about coming and you want to join us, you can just hang out. We have an 8 a.m. Central, a 1 p.m. Central, a 3 p.m. Cigar, a cigar, a little cigar meetup, 3 p.m., and then an 8 p.m. meetup. Four meetups throughout the day. You can attend one or all of them or whatever you want to do. Mike and I and maybe some other folks will have our grills uh, live streaming all day long. And Mike, I'm going to do, I, I think I told you I'm going to roast a chicken and do some wings. Mm -hmm. uh, so super excited about that. So you can join us right now. The link will be in the show notes to get that. So head out to theaverageguy.tv slash HGG 
1-800-463-4463 to make sure that you can get the link to that. It'll take you to Eventbrite. Just register so you get that done. We'd love to see you there. Mike, I, I, I'm I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. You know, I am too. I am too. Mainly because I, I that's how I learn how to barbecue is by watching other people do it. And so, you know, YouTube is great. So seeing live what other people are doing, I'm going to be writing down everyone's recipes as they do it because I'm always, I love to learn that way. That's how I yeah. do it. Good opportunity to do that. Nathaniel, going to be able to join us for for parts of that? Yeah, I'm glad there's going to be a schedule so I know when to check in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from barbecuing, for me, I learned by eating barbecue <laughs> and then realizing that someone else is going to do a really good job of this. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I think my sister's in town that week, and she lives in Minnesota, so I'll just package it up with her, and I'll say, take this back up. There's a guy up there you need to deliver this to. We'll do it that I way. I would take it. I would take it. My uncle in Des Moines barbecues a lot, so when we visit mm. him, it's even closer than home. Omaha, so there you go. Yeah. Yep. He yeah, wraps yeah. up some ribs for us, and it's a real yeah. treat. It's, it's going to be super good. I can't, I can't wait to get it done. We'll deploy a little tech on that as well. And then the Patreon meetup, the, the next one, we had one earlier. We're going to schedule another one for November 5th. So if you're a part of our Patreon group and you want to join us out there, uh, just head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. We've discovered tonight, if you don't have your alert, your email alert notifications on, on Patreon, you're never going to hear from me. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, head out there and turn it on. Not saying anybody didn't do that, but Mike, Mike Weger. That was me. Off. That was me. And actually it was set to another account. Um, but to go out there and turn those on, if you want to join us, we have a $5 plan that you can join us on. And if you schedule it right now, uh, you'll be able to join us for the, for the, uh, November 5th meetup. So get in there. The average guy.tv slash Patreon. Nathaniel, you were at the last meetup. Yep. How do we do? How Great. Do we do? It was good. I think it was a good number of folks. So it wasn't too overwhelming. You get too many people and then it's yeah. just uh, a couple of people get to talk and everybody listens. So it's yeah. a good number and it's always exciting or interesting for me to hear what other people are working on, where their expertise is, their perspective. So um, it's always it's always reassuring to know, oh, yeah, OK, I've I've heard that name in the chat and now I remember that's what that guy looks like or. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of cool how we had intros that we got to do this time. So next time, maybe we can come with like a topic and really jump right into it without having to do a bunch of intros because yeah. we just did that a month ago. Yeah. I think that, that format worked well. Yeah, I'll have a topic. I'll have some questions to ask, some things to talk about. We got some ideas from that group the last time on some things to to for the regular meetups to do. So probably at this point, we'll be scheduling a January meetup that will be like so one month we'll do Patreon. The next month we'll do something. I may do 3D printing or something along those lines. So um, I got a whole list of topics from you guys and uh, we're excited to do it. So again, head out there and join us. Uh, if you're on Patreon, watch either go to Patreon, the average guy.tv slash Patreon. The post will be there with the link to Eventbrite or you can join us on Patreon as well. And uh, let's get that done. Nathaniel Lindley is back. Nathaniel, you may get, I think quietly you have the record for most appearances on Home Gadget Geeks because I looked you up, I think 2013 uh, was the very first time you were on. I've, I think I've had you on at least twice a year since then. You just kind of quietly, yeah, yeah just kind of filled in. Thanks for doing that. Appreciate it. Welcome. Yeah, I think every six months is just about right for me to fit <laughs> it in. So what do they say? Like uh, first time caller, long time listener. Yeah, <laughs> right. Long time caller. Yeah. Periodic. Yeah. Uh, Periodic listener. listener. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it's all, it's all good. We had you on in the spring and God, that feels like 1980, doesn't it? Like it. No, it yeah. 
It's a long yeah, March, March. March is a long time ago. Hey, I don't remember if I was on in March or April or when it was, but I it's think all kind of blends together. I think we had you and and um, uh, who joined Ryan. us? Yeah, um, Freelander came on, and uh, we talked a little bit about what was going on then. Um, primarily, uh, g- give us again. Tell us what you do for the school district. What's your What's your role and what you do? Right, right. For um, a medium sized public school district here outside Minneapolis, I sort of the technology supervisor. So I help coordinate the efforts of the team that are out in the buildings and in the district and all the various parts that are moving sort of a liaison. Yeah. And and I think you've always been at least a lot of the uh, specialty you brought is kind of from a hardware perspective. We talked in the past about you guys are, you were using Chromebooks and just kind of Wi-Fi and how to make that work and kind of the setup. I want to I want to ask you before we kind of th- talk a little bit about how how you guys have transitioned. How, what have you learned? What have you learned during this time? As we think about you know personally, thinking through the the things you take away from just the last six months. Anything as you think about that? Anything that you would say? Oh man, I, this this has been an education for me, and and in a you know, and some things I've learned on this. What would you say? Um. I think the number one thing is last spring and this fall again is the clear need to have better broadband access for Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. The number one complaint is that families aren't set up for good internet where their household is. Yeah. And that's both within the suburban area in urban Minneapolis, St. Paul, as well as out state in the rural, that's the number one frustration is the choices, the access, the complexity, the quality. Uh, it's been really hard. That's stability. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And if we're trying to connect with families and do zoom calls and meets, the internet is so critical. And, uh, there's only so much school districts can do to help band-aid the situation. We need the state you know, or the federal government to really step in and start treating it like a utility and rolling it out like they did telephones yeah. and saying this is more important. That's the second time in a week I've heard someone refer to the internet as a utility. Do you think that, do you think we have any ability to go that direction and what you're seeing? Or is that kind of a pipe dream? You know, we, we keep talking about it, but for now. Uh, I think it's, Everybody agrees. It's like infrastructure and roads and bridges. Everyone campaigns on, yep, I'm going to fix bridges and roads. But when it comes down to like, well, we got to raise the gas tax to do it. They were like, (laughs) oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to do that. So we'll get internet tomorrow. We'll get the internet tomorrow. And it's hard because if it works for me, I have access, I have choice, then somebody else's problem. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll happen. Uh, it, it may depend how this school year goes. Yeah, we may need to get through a full school year. I think, you know, in the spring, we were responding based on half of a school year for the most part, right? Half of a, not even the year, half of yeah. a semester, right? It was kind of just cobble it together. This year, uh, schools had at least a summer to kind of get some things put together, figure some things out. We were kind of debating um, uh, back in the spring, we were speculating on kind of, where school would go and how they'd actually do it. Where did you guys land as far as how they're actually conducting classes, alternate days? How, how are they doing that? Sure. Um, 
We we had the summer to kind of plan out scenarios. Our governor said, plan for A, B, and C, and we'll let you know at the end of July what we decide as a state, working with the Minnesota Department of Health, Minnesota Department of Education, and the governor's office. So we spent a lot of time brainstorming and, and putting pieces of the puzzle together to what this could look like. Would it be full in-person, some sort of in-between, or full distance? What we ended up with in the district I work in and the district district that my kids are in is a sort of a hybrid model, which is very common um, in this districts that are small enough to pull it off. Um, so that means my fifth grader goes two days a week to in-person class, and she has a smaller group of students in her fifth grade class. They all wear masks all day. Um, they eat in their classroom. The food is all pull apart, take out lunch. Um, and then Wednesday, She's distance learning, and then Thursday and Friday, distance learning. Um, they did announce her school said that later in October, they're going to be four days a week in class because the case numbers have gone down and the district feels like they can keep that unit together. And in her class, in some ways, is it's not that when she goes Thursday and Friday, it would be more kids. It would just be the same kids four days a week instead of two. So every school and district's a little bit different in their numbers and their structure. Uh, the district I work for is very similar, where they have an A group of students that come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and what they call asynchronous online learning day, where their students, um, I don't think they have as many on, you know, synchronous meets or live meets, but they have work to do. The teachers spend a lot of time on that day planning, regrouping, getting ready for Thursday and Friday. And then they have a B group Thursday, Friday. Um most districts, including these two, have the option for families to say, no, thanks. We're all distance learning. My kid will stay at home. They'll do their learning at home. And so then what a lot of districts have done is say, okay, we've got a cohort of teachers that can meet the distance learning need of the, and it's usually right around 20%. 20% of the families say, we want to be all distance learning for one reason or another. And so they divide off a chunk of staff that work with those distance learning students, and then you, 80% are in the building. So that's typically the structure. Some larger districts have said, we're all distance learning to start because we don't feel like we have the um, ability to have students and staff all in the building, even on rotations because of the complexities with transportation and timing and staffing needs and this and that. So uh, I, I'm not sure, but I believe Minneapolis and St. Paul, which are two of the larger districts are still all distance learning. Um, and whether they're coming back to a hybrid, I'm not quite sure, mm -hmm. but um, the smaller schools and uh, private schools or parochial schools are real small districts. A lot of them are pulling off full in-person learning. And they may still have some distance component or not, but most of the kids are there every day because they're able to spread out. They're able to get smaller classes. Um, so it's really all over the place, which makes it hard as a state to track all that. But those are some of the scenarios. Nathaniel, as, as we've gone through this, of course, there's been some ways to track. And uh, Mike, what are they calling that on the iPhone where you can enable it so it, you know if somebody nearby you has has gotten COVID that they, they oh. rolled that out with 13 and they did. I, now it's an um, option in 14, something like that. Proximity. No exposure notification. Thank there you. We, there it is. I just Thank looked you. it up. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. no, no. Um, Nathaniel, do you feel like has, has there been a, a, an ability? Cause certainly in the enterprise, we actually track who comes in the building and if, 
you know, if someone self-reports, then we can start doing some forensics to kind of be like, all right, here's who you exposed. And, you know, we can kind of do that. How, does that work at all in the, in the school district? It's just too many moving parts. Yeah, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time, my district and especially the health department. Um, so the, the district-wide health director has become like one of the most important roles in the district in terms of coordinating all the efforts between the LSNs, the licensed school nurse and the health, health school health. Um, what's the, I don't know what that abbreviation is, but the multiple medically trained people in the district and they've become sort of the authorities for each building on what qualifies as an exposure, what's a risk. And so we've had instances already, um, of employees or students who have been either exposed to someone who has symptoms or been diagnosed or themselves. And so then there's a standard quarantine isolation period, and those are different things. Um, it's really confusing. We've had some training and it's like the difference mm -hmm. between isolation and quarantine and the number of days and this. And so it it's going to make it a juggling act as a principal or a teacher or a student is diagnosed, uh, then does a whole class have to stay home? Does just mm -hmm. the teacher, okay, if the teacher's at home, can they keep teaching remotely or do we need to bring in uh, a sub? And if they are remote, then we need someone in the classroom to supervise the students who are in place. So the permutations of complexity are high yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible work that this you know, health staff is doing on the behalf of the students and the staff. Um, but it, it gets pretty complicated. So the, the standard procedure is that if, if an employee uh, or a family member finds out they have to email, you know, the health person for their building and the supervisor, the principal, and then there's this flow chart of, okay, what's the ramifications and what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just really, and then in this kind of situation, there's just so many moving parts. Have you guys, um, so from a tech perspective, have you guys deployed, did you do anything different this fall tech wise, infrastructure wise? We talked about, you know, the lack of, of broadband at home, but wh what did you guys do to prep for the fall? Well, the big, the big thing for my department is going from a shared on in classroom device model where the K through five students came to school, they used the devices in the classroom, they did not take them home. And in often cases they shared them rather than one-to-one. -one. That was in the winter. Spring came and we had to send as many devices home with kids, we didn't have enough. So a lot of times like, if you have a device at home that works, can you just use that until we can get more? Mm -hmm. We were fortunate enough to be able to get our orders in for more devices in the spring so that we could get them in the summer. There's a big national shortage, international shortage for major suppliers like Dell, Lenovo, HP. And so we are real lucky, but my um, uh, partner school districts around the state are like, I've got an order for a thousand and I have no idea if they'll come before January, maybe in the spring, wow. you know? So um, I will say that Apple has been incredibly uh, efficient or somehow been able to keep their supply chains up and deliver product unlike some of the other vendors. And I, I'm sure it has to do with the complexity of trade agreements and manufacturing and, and sourcing parts. But we ordered 
uh, a fair amount in the spring planning for the falls. So we got another thousand iPads and then um, fourteen hundred more Chromebooks. So we spent the summer getting those prepped and ready, taking the old ones in, getting them fixed up, getting them updated, getting them prepped. And then a lot of late summer, spring or late summer and fall was spent checking them out to all the students. And so that's a huge change for our younger students, uh, K-5, and setting them up to having the device that they take home, managed, getting on the Wi-Fi at home, getting signed into the right account. Um, We've learned a lot because, of course, not having done this practice before, there was a lot of mistakes made in the deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, but an incredible work by my team, like trying to get it done and predict like a chess game three steps ahead of if we do this and this, will this work better for us in the long run or worse? Like, uh, mm-hmm. So moving one-to-one has been the biggest challenge. Um and we, we've been fortunate to get the devices. The other thing that is we're still struggling to learn uh, is how to depend on technology and predict its faults when we depend on technology way more than we have. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing a Google Meet was kind of a novelty before, and now it's like three times a day. If the kid can't get in, do they get marked absent, you know, through no fault of their own? Yeah. And so we've taken on a lot of work trying to help families and students get connected and troubleshoot. And, you know, we do a lot of phone calls with parents. I'm sitting here with my first grader. They've got the iPad. We're trying to do this and it's not connecting. It's saying this and we're over the phone trying to do remote screen shares and troubleshoot. And sometimes I've had to tell a parent, you know, like I can't figure it out. I've done everything I know how to do and I can't tell you why it's not working just send an email to the teacher later and say, you did your best, you know, you couldn't connect. And uh, so that's, that's a big change. We used to have control because everything was in the class. Right. And we've lost a lot of control. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, you know, Mike, I don't know about you and I'll ask you here in a second, but where I'm at about every quarter, we'd figure two or three things out and they'd redeploy some things like, okay, this didn't work. We're going to do this. (laughs) And this didn't work. We're going to do it this way. And, and we, we even rolled out like windows hello uh, capabilities. Oh, I think four or five weeks ago. That's a pretty big going from, from just regular sign in to allowing some windows hello options. Um, And there was like, it worked one way at first and then a week or two later it changed, you know, and I was like, Oh, they're, they're figuring some things out. Mike, have you had that same experience at work of just kind of constant iteration? A hundred percent. Yeah. All of our technology, whether it's our, you know, our contract management systems or uh, there's things that we've tried to implement ourselves. We roll our own or we get it off the shelf and it's always a constant evolution, especially when you're trying to like, you know, the company I work for is trying to stay ahead of the game and always try to provide like the best technology to our clients. And that's when it gets, you know, you're, there's always some other vendor out there saying, well, I can do this now. I can do this now. And you feel like, didn't we, we didn't even wrap up our last project and we started our new one, right? I don't, I don't know. It, it can yeah. get, uh, get a little crazy. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, do you guys feel like you're getting some, you know, the software guys call them sprints, but some abilities to deploy, learn, figure some things out, redeploy? Do, do you get that capability or is it really kind of, well, I guess we're this way until the end of the year? 
Right now, it feels like we're just sprinting all the time, <laughs> and there's yeah. no pause and reflect. And you know, I, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that, but it's just mm-hmm. the the fire hoses just come in with. Yeah. So we've rolled out new devices, new practices. You know, dependent on technology tools. Then we started adding new software subscriptions. You know, okay, mm-hmm. well, if kids are home, we need another tool to be able to deliver a quiz or make it interactive or all legit, all valuable things, but it's just the quantity of new that yeah. gets gets challenging. Yeah. And so we find it hard to create documentation to share with a family about this or our tech support staff to understand when you get a call for this, here's the known issues. So, you know, we're, we're trying to catch up. Um, and I think we'll get there. It certainly is getting better as the weeks go on and things get a little more stable. And I think... Um, Part of it is both the teachers and the students are learning like glitches are now expected and a norm. And they're starting to learn to troubleshoot a little more on their own. They're starting to, you know, learn the nuance of like, well, if I restart each night, that gives me a better chance of having a clean system in the morning. Or um, if I remove the 75 extensions from Chrome, then it won't take so long to load pages or, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that. Um, forced yeah. self-reliance and learning uh, it, gets me, it gets me thinking as you're saying this like you're creating the next generation of remote workers who we you know, we all went remote and a lot of people struggled that this will this will be like whatever like working remote whatever i did this in school and you know we're just at the early phases of it and and i think it is just like you said i think it is giving us some good learning opportunities uh, brian in the chat says that he says, as a teacher, I've seen students step up a lot more with regards to responsibility for their learning. It takes motivation for students to stay focused at home. Um, I work with high school age kids. And listen, that's not that's not just high school students or students. Like work at home, like professionals struggled, I think, through the summer to stay yeah. motivated and to stay busy. I'm to the point now where I'm actually more, um, because I have so much more equipment here than I would at work, so many more screens. I'm way more productive at home than I would be going in. I've got my setup. Mike, how, how are you feeling about your at-home work? I, I go back and forth. You could ask me this question every week, and I think I would, depending on how my week went, answer a different way. Yeah, I, I am more productive, uh, but at the same time, there are still a lot of my conversations where I'm like, I just wish we could be in front of a whiteboard right now, back in a meeting room. We could have this hammered out. My buddy across the hall is who I'm working with. Grab him. Let's go grab a whiteboard. I don't want to have to sit here and schedule a meeting with you. Open up tea. Like it, it's good and it's bad, right? So there, there's give and there's take. I am extremely excited, I'll say this, to get back in the office. Like I cannot wait. I am not someone who would want this to last forever. Um, I might be more productive in some ways, but I, I can't stand it anymore. I'm kind of going a little crazy at this point, to be honest. I was good for there for a long time. And when my kids went back to school, I was even better. And now I'm getting to the point again where I'm like, I just need to be back in the office. I need to be with my people, having the conversations across the water cooler uh, about work, about whatever. And that's that's for my sanity, I think. I am not good at being alone. So I'm <laughs> losing productivity the longer this goes on. Nathaniel, I think that's are interesting. You yeah, no, I'm I'm in four days a week. Um, I take Thursdays to work from home, and partly it's to a chance to catch my breath. And then I usually have a, a longer uh, webinar or meeting today. I had a three hour meeting um, online, so you know it's easier to do that here. But I really have to be in the office to help support my team. 
Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. it's hard to be a supervisor, you know, and not present. Um, so it's it's a mix. I don't think I could do uh, all work from home with this type of job. Um, but having one day a week to be kind of focused and a little bit more in control of my time a little bit, it helps. But I, I totally understand Mike's point of there's a lot to be said about the spontaneity of like get a couple people, stand around a table, talk through a problem. Five, 10 minutes, you're done instead of the formality of scheduling a time or trying to interrupt. And um, it's hard. And that that being said, today I had a problem and I started an email in the morning and I had a call in meeting with a quick team to say, okay, this is exactly what the problem is. Everybody understood. Then during the day, emails and a few team conversations that went on. Then we literally went team by team troubleshooting like they they have gotten that our technology team has gotten to this point where they start putting like things in the header of the email and the subject line so it can they can track where that email has gone, what version of the email is. And then so they're sending these things and it's like this is one, okay, this is one A. This one's two because it's a branch. It's almost like they would do encoding if they would branch the code so that the they know where these emails are going. And then at the end of the day, we pulled it all back together and had this quick conversation online. Like, okay, here's what we found out. Here's what we're going to do. That would have been a week process if we were in person. Oh, that really? Yeah, mm. it would have. We would have it oh. actually been because we meet more. That was, see, this is the thing. When we're in person, we're meeting all the time. The being home, we meet less. We meet, we meet faster. And, and so, because, you know, meetings, we're a, su- we're a super social company. And so we get to meetings and we're in them for an hour, you know? Yeah. Now you're online. It's 20 minutes. Like, okay, that's good. I got to go. Like I got other things I need to do and you get off the line. Right. And, and so that has worked uh, particularly well for us. Nathaniel, as you think about, has this changed some processes? Maybe let's think for the better. Has there been any things where this has improved or you've seen some opportunities for improvement in some things where maybe unintended, maybe intended things got things maybe got better or better opportunities? Um, I think it just um, depends on the job type. You know, so some people on my team have a type of job where sitting alone for two hours and working through a problem is exactly what they need to be most efficient. And having the distractions of other people and interruptions kills their productivity, whereas others, their job is to be interrupted. You know, that's part of my role is I'm here to be interrupted and to be available for questions and things that come up. So I think that's part of that. With with teaching in the classroom, um, I think it depends a lot, again, on the subject area. You know, it's it's really hard for remote learning for stu- youngest students, you know. The, the attention span and the complexity and the teachers that are successful with that are the ones who are very clear about what's expected when, what to do. And so my daughter is successful with that in fifth grade because her teacher is very, very uh, structured. And and Brian mentioned in the chat, it's not just for kids, but it's for um, adults too. The more routine and structure you have, the easier it is to maintain that sort of uh, productivity. Um, So, but on, on the flip side, the teachers that are more of a, well, I'm just winging it. I can figure it out. I'm, you know, I've done this a long time. They're having a harder time because it doesn't work that way anymore. You know, we're not, we don't have a good 50 minutes to kind of 
feel how the discussion is going and get through a class period, you know, that, and so I, I think it just really depends a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the things we're seeing is some of the students are distance learning and some are hybrid, but some of the teachers are trying to teach both distance learning students and hybrid teacher and in class students at the same time, especially in secondary. So the challenge is if I'm an in-class teacher and two thirds of my students are in the room or half and another chunk are out of the room, how do I develop lessons yeah. for both audiences? Yeah. And my prediction is that one of them is going to suffer. Yeah. And so we're seeing some students and families that are doing hybrid uh, through the beginning of the year saying, you know what, this isn't working. We're going to switch to distance learning, you know, and because if they're going to class and they're doing a lot of self-guided work, watching videos, and they're not having the same level of discussion or um, labs and things, then why do they need to be there and take the risk and wear a mask all day? So it'll be really interesting to see over time what the ebb and flow or the preference of students and families is depending on the teaching model. Yeah. But Mike, I cut you off a second ago. Do you want to add anything there? No, I mean, really the only thing I was going to say is I think from the people I've talked to who are my age and it's interesting, I'd be interested to see the educational side of this. We've almost been doing this so long that a lot of us were talking, we're starting to revert back to our old at home habits. So meaning distractions are a lot more now. Like I'm finding it really hard to not get distracted by things around the house that when we were first into this, it was new, it was fresh. Like you were con you, like it was in your brain to not get distracted by things, to work from home hundred percent of the time, like almost do what you were doing in the office at home. And we were just talking last week, what you're just getting harder and harder to not to stay with that mentality of I'm, I'm working, I'm home. Like it's almost been too long now that the newness of it and the novelty of it has kind of worn off. So a lot of our brains for us have been like, man, I, yeah, it's a lot harder for me to not turn on the ham radio. Like, yeah, you know, I got 10 minutes real quick. Just let me, <laughs> let me switch on. Or, yeah. you know, like do this, do this little laundry real quick and it take longer than it should, right? Like there's fine with taking breaks. Like for sure. Like I would have gone up at work and gone and talked to someone. So taking that 10 minutes to swap a load of laundry, I think that's fine, but it's getting harder and harder. And I don't know if anyone else has seen that or if the kids at school now, they did this all last spring. So are they starting to get sick and tired of it? Are they still finding it kind of new and interesting? I mean, wh where are the kids at with their kind of mentality on this? I, I think a lot of it depends on the kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and some kids, like I think I mentioned in the spring, some kids thrived in the spring because they had more control over their environment. Yeah. They were willing to participate in class because they had that safe virtual space. They could private message the teacher. They could raise their hand without feeling like everyone's looking at me. Right. Some kids have done really well in in-person class because the numbers have been smaller. Mm -hmm. So I have an anecdote from a foreign language teacher who was in early, early weeks of school doing an introductory thing. Okay, everybody... Every, each person's going to get up and do a poem in Spanish or something. And this teacher relayed like, I know this kid and they would have never ever stood up and done that request when we had 28 students in the classroom, 30 in the classroom. But when we had 15, the student felt comfortable. They felt safe. So I think that's more a testament of like small numbers make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> right. More than online learning, but 
those kids did really well and other kids do well remote. So I really hope that long-term we start to figure out, can we offer both in a more predictable, structured way for the students and for the teachers? Some teachers are crazy good at distance learning and developing online materials and feedback loops and things. And they, they do really well. Um, and that's not to say they don't do well in the class, but some are better at it than others. So yeah, with well, the exception some, of the teachers, how about like um, the technology staff, staff who aren't directly responsible with the kids? Are they are they in the office, out of the office, and like how have they been mentally? With most all? of them, most of them are in the office. Okay, uh, some are remote. Um, we prefer them to be in the office because it's easier to communicate, easier to do problems. But um, for other reasons, some are working remote, and because their job allows it. Right. So if if we get a request of like, oh, I want to work remote all the time, we have to look at what the job duties are and try to predict like, is that really possible? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're if you're the one who fixes the projectors and, you know, maintains this Chromebooks, uh, it probably is not going to be really easy to do from home kind of thing. So uh, it, it depends. But I think over time, we'll start to feel a groove of like, OK, these roles make sense. This kind of structure makes sense and is manageable. So I'm hopeful uh, that that will take hold over time and to say, what can education, what can schooling look like for kids? And how do we meet their needs even better than we did before when everyone is just required to come to school? Uh, a couple really good comments in the chat room. So let me cover those. Alex had okay. said um, that, they he, that he changed his son's Chromebook to single sign-on versus the spring having to sign on to each app and each website, everything just signs in automatically and other apps that he has to use. And what a great idea to, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I was, I have a, a big, long, complex password and uh, in enabling some things to kind of help me with that. When I was at work, it just logs in all the time because I'm behind the firewall. But mm -hmm. when I'm on the other side of the firewall, I have to authentic authenticate everything. And so having some of those things help me getting Windows Hello, which was super helpful. Now it's a pin in my face instead of a big, long, complex password. That made that um, super easy. Other Jim had said we opened up a virtual help desk so you uh, users can drop in via Zoom. Nathaniel, have you guys, from a help perspective, is it phone? Is it video? How are you guys handling that? Yeah, no, I I messaged Other Jim and I said, that's I'd like to do that because we do phone. And we do email. So when we opened it up, our email system, our ticketing system to parents and families, they can email support and get in the system. And then we can distribute the ticket to the right person. That's that's helped out a lot for tracking. Because if we had just an in email inbox, it would be a nightmare trying to pick and choose who's doing what. But we have the phone open and then families can call. And we had extended hours in the spring and extended hours at the start of the year. But it's sort of tapered down. Now we're just seven to four, and that's worked out real well. Um, and I find it more effective to talk to a parent mm -hmm. and help them or a student. We have high schoolers and middle schoolers calling us. And I love it because they're practicing using the phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not texting. Which they don't do. And no, so no. Something they've never had to do before. Talk to yeah, someone. So sometimes yeah. you can catch right away like, yeah. oh, okay, I need to change my enunciation, my pace so that they're feeling comfortable and I can prompt them with questions without sounding like, you know, a jerk. Yeah. And sometimes you hear the mom in the background be like, tell them your name. 
tell them what grade you're in. Tell them. <laughs> and so it's really, it's great, but it's effective on the phone because we can ask them the questions to get to the root of the problem. Whereas an email, we'll get an email that says, my son's Chromebook doesn't work. Right. And we're like, okay, right. What's your son's name? Yeah. <laughs> what school do they go to? <laughs> so I, I like the idea of a virtual uh, option because a lot of times I've I've been on the phone and I want to say, well, I, I'll send you a link, but I don't have their email address and I don't want to type it. And to be able to say, go to help.school.org and click on the chat button and not, and there's people there to answer the chat um, or a video call. I, I, I like that idea. Um, so I've, I've I, gone I, that route, Nathaniel. When, when I get customers who it's complex, I'm like, I'm just going to send you a Zoom link. Yeah, you got 20 minutes so we can troubleshoot this via Zoom because this is, and it's so powerful to be able to share screens and to be able to show them or drop it in chat or, I mean, 10 years of podcasting have got me ready to help people this way to just be like, hey, here it is. Let me show you how to do it. Let me walk you through it. It's so much easier. Well, to, well to we do, do we do screen sharing. So a lot of times we're on the phone. I'll be like, okay, go to this site. We use Splashtop, um, Splashtop for business, SOS. It's uh, got a lot of tools, but this is a, a real easy one that works on Mac and Windows um, and iPad. Um, and that's almost all of our calls are those kind of things. And then with the Chromebooks, they have a built-in Chrome remote desktop support tool, which has been really reliable. And I'm actually impressed with how easy it's been to connect in because a lot of times the problems that students will have is related to the junk in their account, not the hardware. So cookies are turned off or pop-ups are blocked or there's too many extensions. And so a lot of times it's like, we need to clear your cash out, clear your cookies. We do have the ability to send um, with the Google console, we can send a remote uh, restart, which clears out the local cache and resets some stuff without without resetting the whole operating system. And that's helped a lot because sometimes kids will go for a week without restarting mm -hmm. and just doing that has helped some problems. So we have some of those, but the, the, the missing pieces that virtual help desk, you know, uh, immediate communication chat with, with families outside. I would always be interested. I wonder, okay. So I know you guys don't use probably video when you're doing like, but like a zoom call, I bet people are a lot less angry. It's a lot, it's really hard to be angry with someone when you can see their face. Yeah. Like then you're yelling at them in person. You're no longer just yelling over the phone. I bet it would calm people down just a little bit if they're getting angry. If I can see your face, like Nathaniel, if you and I are on the phone, I might be able to get mad at you. But right now, I mean, look at that smile. I can't get mad yeah. at you when I see that, right? <laughs> well, a lot of times when they call me, yeah, I see, now I get mad at you again. Yeah. Oh, and there you go. They, yeah. And so I'll do that. I'm like, okay, let's try to do a hangout. Let's try to do a meet. Let's see if we can get it going. And I'll give them a code and they'll be like, Oh, oh, hi. And I'm sitting here in the office and I got a mask on, which makes it hard to articulate. And they're like, okay, I guess, I guess it's working. <laughs> and so that's been kind of fun. You know, I do like helping people. That's part of why I'm in the job and getting yeah. them through it. And, and a lot of times it's explaining what's going on. Oh, I didn't know we could do that. Oh, I didn't know we had that, you know? And so I wish we had more time. I mean, every phone call I do is like 15 to 20 minutes you know, at least, yeah. even if it's a quick fix, you know, um, and it's, it's good. You know, we, we are there to help the families. We're there to help the kids. Um, it's just not what we did a year ago. And so getting that, that shift in what our expectations of support is, is it's, it's getting there. I, you know, I think we'll look back at this and be like, 
wow, we really did a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you think like Google and the, in this space will innovate as well as they're getting feedback from, you know, now yeah. that districts are doing this, don't you think by next spring they start rolling some things out to help you guys or, or well, maybe even right sooner? now? They're yeah. doing it right yeah. now. So they've made some improvements to Google Meet, which is our primary video conferencing tool. Mm -hmm. um, they're listening to education and teachers about what they need. Breakout groups, breakout rooms is one of the big, 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 big requests. That's coming. Um, they have Q&As and polls built in. Now they're giving some moderator controls to the organizers so that they can say, everyone that clicks the link can join automatically or everyone has to knock you know, request to get in. So they're doing that. The The complaint I have is that um, there's still some inconsistencies about who's the organizer and you can only have one organizer. Mm -hmm. So I think in Zoom, you can say, okay, Mike's the organizer, but he's got to leave. So he's passing the organizer role to Jim. You can have a co-host. Yeah, you co can make, so yeah. I can't do that yet. Yeah. That would be Zoom really Zoom is good. really far ahead on this. Like they yeah. had it all. They weren't yep. secure. <laughs> <laughs> they were. It was open yeah. source. I mean, it was open to everybody, but they had all the functionality built in. They've had to lock it down where a Google or even Microsoft Teams, which wasn't yeah. completely ready for this. Like they were close, but, you know, well, Teams we, was a four by four screen and, you know, it, it didn't have breakout rooms and some of those kinds of things. You know, it could it'll only handle small sizes. So mm -hmm. go ahead. Nathaniel. Well, teams is getting better oh, yeah, and they're sure. adding features. Sure. They got breakout yeah. rooms on the roadmap to. too. Yeah, right. And we have teams, but we haven't rolled it out to staff because we're like, let's not give them too much to, un you know, complicate things right now. So we focus on uh, Google meet. We didn't purchase the enterprise for zoom. And there are a lot of angry teachers that we didn't buy zoom. There's angry teachers that we didn't buy Schoology conferences. There's, you know, cause Everyone's got their favorite flavor of like, this is the way I like to do conferences. And, and in my role, I've got to have, you know, four different conferencing apps on my computer because depending who I meet with, it could be Cisco or go to meeting or whatever. But we're trying to keep it simple and keep our training around fewer products. But mm -hmm. I, I often think like, man, if if teams could do this, maybe that would help solve their problem or meet that need. Um, but we'll see. I found uh, teams to be really useful. But mm -hmm. only if you need the integration with the chat side of it, really, right? Like we, I probably don't even utilize 90% of the features of Teams, but it's it's our chat and then, hey, can we just jump on video real quick? Can I ask you a question? Sure. And it's like, we use it for all of our meetings, um, internal meetings. We rarely use it external. We still have Zoom for that, but all of our internal meetings are basically Zoom. Um, so like I said, there's SharePoint features, there's files, there's the, the Teams, like when you're on a team in Teams, all those features are a little bit, wonky i think still maybe not clearly defined uh from a user standpoint but it works pretty well i just you know i can't see kids using it though it's not the most user-friendly interface for a child yeah and, and microsoft wants to get in that education space so built into teams is like classrooms and oh is there really yeah at least in our yeah. edition you yeah. know and and like you my department uses teams constantly all day right I don't know people's phone numbers because I just call them on Teams. Mm -hmm. Yep. And because exactly. you can have the mobile app or the desktop yes. or the web, mm -hmm. we love it for that. And my wife's company, they've been rolling out Teams and they're starting to build in file structure and mm -hmm. table of contents. And there's all these features in Teams that as a business, they're using, you know, build out a knowledge base kind of thing inside Teams. And they have different channels depending on clients and this and that. And it's, it's 
pretty amazing what you can yeah. do with it. We do too. But it it takes you know some time and effort and design to build it out that way. But for our needs in the in the school, we just need the quick video. We need them there. Now we've got tile view and meet, so you can spread all your kids out. You know, helping teachers learn that you can make two windows. One with your meet and you can see all your kids and another window with your presentation and can you do full window and not full screen. So it's just little tricks and tips like that mm. that take time to roll out. You know, even if we had the perfect instruction guide on how to do everything at the beginning of the year, it would have been too much. Right. No, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you got to ease into it. Right. We've had to learn a lot of these things, too. And there's been rollouts for us as far yeah. as, you know, having additional features. I really do like um, document sharing, and we've been doing a lot of Excel spreadsheet sharing quickly to say, hey, I'm just going to share this spreadsheet with you. It's, if I update it and you update it at the same time, we're okay. We can be in there doing this. And then when you're done, you just kind of let it go. Like you don't, it, it doesn't have to live anywhere. We've got some data retention policies that are going to take care of those. Eventually, you know, they'll just disappear. And, um, and so you can do some scratch work like, hey, I've got this list of email addresses that I need to get handled right now. Okay, I'm going to start working on these. I'll grab these from you. Or I'm going to share it with you, you know. And so Teams has been good for that. Where Zoom early on, you just wouldn't, you know, you'd never put a file in Zoom. And for the longest time, you couldn't even share a link in Zoom. It didn't work. Hmm. Links didn't work. They just, we just, whatever version we just moved to, they just allowed that. So, you know, Regardless of the platform, and Andrew had said in the chat room, you know, uh, let me see if we can find that because it was a good one. You know, Skype blew a 20-year lead. Yeah. And, you know, you think about this and another, you know, another Microsoft product that sat out there for a long time, it had it, it well, to be honest, it didn't have all this stuff that's in it. But it, it think about it. Like, it was out there for the longest yeah. time. And then who comes along and is the leader? Zoom? So What just, I find you know, fascinating is, is Skype is being, you know, pushed aside by Microsoft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yet on the Outlook app on my phone, when I create a new meeting event, it says, do you want to make this a Skype one? And I'm like, yeah, why is the Outlook right. app not have Teams in it? Right. No, yeah. I don't want Skype. Yeah, and then yeah. no. I got a default install and Skype loads up every time I restart my computer. I'm like, yeah. confused. The two teams aren't yeah. talking to each other. Or Skype and Skype for business and... Then of course that yeah. moved on to Teams, so there's some there's confusion there. Now I will um, say though, with Teams, one more thing is yeah. my oldest son. He's in a technical school uh, in Minneapolis, and they're all Office 365. Mm -hmm. So all his meetings are on Teams, and they do a, Teams does a good job of broadcasting. Um, all his classes are online, so as a post secondary, he attends. He says some of them, the instructor is a little slow sometimes, so they record and release it, so he'll rewatch it at one and a half speed to kind of catch up on the materials. And I figure it's a really good strategy because then he can hear it the first time, you know, taking it in, then watch it again, pause and start again to, to capture some of that information. But they have a, a very good success, but they're kind of like all in Office 365. So they're staying within one environment. It's working for them. Well, and uh, Microsoft's had some trouble this week and last uh, with their Office 365 staying up. Yes, did you guys, they did. Everybody's had trouble these last two weeks. <laughs> last last two weeks. Schoology had a big one. Was it yesterday? Um, a two, two for Microsoft, right? Yeah, you think they're getting attacked? Well, was, I think it it's just load. Attacked, right? Like, that, their outage was worldwide, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, my I couldn't, 
I was working on a legal document and I couldn't open it and save it because OneDrive was down. Then I couldn't Teams anyone about it because Teams now I couldn't email anyone. Like our entire suite was offline, and I'm like, this is weird. And we have a policy because of our uh, industry, we can't text, so I can't text people about work because um, it can't be monitored. And so I like I was like, what do I do? I have literally have no idea what to do. I, I was they have to be that big of an outage, right? I mean, you would think if it was usage, it would be regions or certain sectors would fall offline but man it's it's something it it wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if there was i mean there's just massive disruptions going on right now yeah a month before a major election i mean listen we used to do this to other countries (laughs) now they're doing it to us so you know it is it is uh it's too coincidental that it's happening to all of the big players all at the same time yeah and my attitude is i've kind of not getting worked up about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. We used to panic like, Oh my gosh, Google drive is down. Nobody can do anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a walk. It's like having (laughs) a fire drill. (laughs) Come back in a little bit. It'll be back. Uh, No, if it's out for a day, then we're in trouble. Right. But the company seemed to be pretty good about rolling back changes or fixing it Mm -hmm. because they know everyone's depending on it. So I think it's, it's all right. Mike, you had mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned earlier about being more distracted, you know, yeah. as time has gone on. And it's been the opposite for me, which is amazing, is that <laughs> I've gotten more laser focused in the last six weeks at home. So much so I was doing a great job of working out. Like I used to go out and I'd move the water on the lawn. I'd do a little mini workout. I'd come back in and do an hour's worth of work. And I just repeat that throughout the day. Like, and I was, I was fit and I'd lost some weight. I was feeling good. I have been so laser focused on work over the last six weeks, um, just at home again with the whole NASA setup that I have here, like eight monitors right. and all this stuff that I'm kind of dialed in and I'm having a hard time getting away from it. I worked till almost six tonight. Wow. Uh, just I had some things I needed to wrap up. I was kind of in the zone. I wanted to get some things done. We made some changes that I wanted to take advantage of. So for me, it's been like, they're wanting us to come back in. And I'm sometimes telling my boss, I'm like, you know, here's a little secret. I'm a million times more productive at home. Like it's just, that's just what it's turned out. Now, will it be that way forever? And is it great for my health? Probably not. You know, I probably need to uh, make some changes to get back to a little more fitness, get back to a little more balance. I don't hate it, by the way. I, I get, I got done at the end of the day today and I'm like, man, I freaking crushed it today, <laughs> you know? And that feels good when you have a day yeah. and you get a lot of stuff done. Nathaniel, I imagine when you get a day and you have some wins, right? Yeah. You help some people, you get some things going, you figure some things out. That feels good, right? Crossing stuff off the list. I'm a list maker. Yeah. Always yeah, yeah. writing stuff down. Like, okay, I'm, these are the six things. And then I get two done. I'm like, well, at least I got two. <laughs> Well, and I'm a little sim- I'm a similar boat to you now. Um, I've gone kind of uh, I have a hybrid role of podcasting and, cl- and customer support. And so when I wake up in the morning, I have a handful of things that have come in from Europe and a little bit of Asia overnight. So mm-hmm. I need to handle those right away. And so I start sending off emails and start working some things and try to contact some people if I can or whatever. And there's a rush between like seven thirty and ten of trying to get those things knocked out. And if I'm good, they're done. And then I can do some of my work, right? And then in the afternoon, you know how this goes, things start kind of wrapping up and people start, that's when they start calling back in again. And so yep. I see a kind of an afternoon of, you know, meetings are over or whatever, and people are trying to get some work done. 
Do you, do you guys have busy and slow patterns that, that go throughout yeah. the day? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the morning, the start of the day is always the busiest time. And that's where mysteriously things that worked yesterday are now broken mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. And so we're real busy in the morning. And then it is just like that where it's after lunch, things are quiet. And then usually around 2.33, that's when either things start to blow up bad or like there's problems. Or in my case, I start to feel productive because now I'm getting to focus on some of the project type work. And I'm like, all right, it's three o'clock. Now I'm getting to this thing that I've been putting off and couldn't get to. Uh, and then, oh, I, I got to, I can't yeah. stay here. So yeah. th- we have that dip too. And if you look at, yeah. you know, if you look at the uh, analytics on printing uh, throughout the day, it's always like, Woo, and then slows down and uh, it, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I do find I've got some late friends who will take a meeting at five o'clock where, you know, not everybody would do that before. And now you're like, Hey, can we just meet at five? Cause that clears that it's like clear of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and because it's at five, we try to meet for as quick as possible. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, let's get in and let's get this thing done. So we picked up some efficiencies and then, you know, like, okay, well, you know, there's times I've, we had a new, I had a new Patreon subscriber that I needed to mail one of the badges to. And so Monday morning, I wanted to make sure that thing got out first. Our post office down here is open at nine. So, you know, 8.55, wrap some things up, head down. So you get a little bit more freedom that way. And don't get me wrong. I've wanted to, I haven't done it yet, but I've wanted to mow the lawn in the middle of the day as well, where, you know, maybe like at lunch, get out there and, you know, get the lawn mowed. Um, so it does, uh, it does give us some freedom. So Nathaniel, anything else along those lines? I want to talk about that light that you have, but anything else along those lines that we might've missed that you want to update us on? Yeah. Okay. You know, ask me in six months. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have you back on in six months for sure. So the, the big yeah. difference I was thinking through it is in the spring, everybody was in like panic mode, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we have to all be remote and we've never done this before and get this fixed and do this and do this. And and the teachers are learning, but there was a light at the end of the tunnel. The end of the school year was coming. We'd already had relationships between two teachers and students. So they knew each other. And it was like, let's get through this together. Starting the year, going into winter, that's a different mindset. So we've had time to kind of regroup, rest, come back to it, change some structure, build out some skills and tools. But this is going to be a long year. And as things get colder, we can't have band practice outside. We can't have lunch outside and recess as well. Recess is fine, but it's going to get, it's going to get difficult as it gets darker and colder. And it's not just schools. I, I, everybody is like, well, I can't go to my favorite restaurant and sit on the patio in January. Right. Right. So it, it's going to be interesting. The sustainability and the ability to like, okay, how do we pace ourselves as an organization to get through this without burning out our teachers, burning out our kids, burning out the staff? You know, how, do we, how do we set expectations that are reasonable to get, get through the winter? Mm-hmm. So I hadn't even yeah. thought about that yet. I kind of got depressed. Sorry. Like, oh, yeah. kind of, <laughs> I didn't think about the winter. <laughs> we're not going to be able to sit outside. Okay. Oh, man. Well, a lot oh. of people are buying fire pits, patio yeah. heaters, you know, all that kind of stuff. I yeah, ordered a solo stove, you know, those oh, good. on Facebook. Nice. And like, yeah. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to check in and tell me how well that works that maybe you could, maybe during the, the, the meet up. Yeah. You could. Yeah. When's the meet up? Is that early so, November? Uh, no, October 24th. Yeah. Might be here. 
They're back ordered. So okay, yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, because fire pits could work too. I mean, we could we could fire pits at the same time. That would be um, super cool. I tell you what, what saved me is I have virtual happy hours with guys, and so every Friday and on the weekends with Ed Sullivan, I have just been. I get out on the deck. I take my laptop out on the deck so much so that I installed the new power outlet out on my deck. So I could plug my laptop in, which will be great for the meetup. And, um, and those regular weekly kind of connects, not work. This isn't a work thing. This is, you know, grabbing a beer, cigar, whatever, and having an hour long conversation. That's just kind of connecting with somebody. I normally do it in the office, but that's not happening. So that's been good. And, and, both of these guys are outside of my network. So it's not like I work with them all day and then we're doing this. It's kind of, I, it's, it's a safe for me to go. Right. So that's been, I think that's been, and of course this show, which continues to be normal. Like, I mean, think about it. We've been able to stay normal. No, we've been able to stay normal through all this. So, well, I mean, we're not, Mike's not normal and I'm not normal, but (laughs) everybody else is on that. Okay. Nathaniel level of obsession with like, (laughs) deep diving into something it just amazes me it's, it's incredible <laughs> isn't it he can go farther it's not and, a good thing i don't know how that brain works but it's not like mine I, like i thought i got into things but that's another level it's bad it's like add it doesn't work out well for me maybe that's why i get distracted at work maybe that's why i need to be back in the office because well but mike you you really learn it inside now like i have I have benefited from your willingness to figure it all. I mean, you got it all figured out by the time I say yes to it. And then you were like, when we were doing Bitcoin stuff together, you were like, okay, do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, this is great. Like, I don't have to figure any of this stuff out. So are you saying there's a chance to get you into ham radio? I mean, there's there a chance. There's <laughs> always a chance. All right. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's always a chance. Um, what we've learned, and I think we're kind of through this, Nathaniel, to be honest, but lighting matters when it comes to this kind of communication. And early on in the pandemic, everybody was dark and it was terrible. And so things I've watched my own coworkers rearrange, like they're starting to figure it out and they've rearranged their desks and where they sit to get that forward facing light. I've said all the time, you know, get some natural light or some forward facing light on you. And so just today I was on a call with a bunch of, uh, of my, you know, uh, the folks that I work with and they all looked good. Like every single one of them looked good. And I was like, this wasn't this way in March, right? <laughs> Some of that's lighting and you found a, a cool little gadget that, uh, that might help with that. Yeah. I, um, I agree with you and sound and light are important. And so one thing we did for our teachers is we bought a lot of USB headsets that didn't make it perfect, but made it way better than just using what's built in. And sound is important for the students to hear what the teacher is saying, whether it's a screencast or something, and it'll make it less tiresome. So lighting is another good thing. And and um, so I found this uh, portable light, and this is a, a battery-operated um, little one. I hold it like this. And it it can change the brightness, and it can change the color temperature, and it just has a little USB port for charging. And it fits nicely if you want. Let's see, where did I put it? In a cell phone tripod. Oh, so good idea. You know those the gorilla pods and stuff. So you can put it in and turn it off. A tripod so that you can mount it easily 
above a lamp or on back of something. And this, this makes the, just a fill, you know, how the photographers will have a, a side light that kind of fills from the side. That's, that's what I use it for. Um, and so that, that's nice. The other that you can get, if you need, um, if you're in a basement that has that dark wood paneling, sorry, the basement with the dark wood paneling, you know, every seventies basement, yep. it's only seven and a half feet tall yeah. <laughs> as you can get, one of these light bars, an LED light bar that's also battery or can be plugged in and you can mount that up or, or put it on a stand. And then this throws off a fair amount of light too, um, just to fill in uh, what you don't get from a table lamp. So that was kind of a, a pretty cheap, pretty easy way to well, supplement. Yeah, light room. bars are 20 and the, um, the, the very first one you showed us is like 40. And that's a really good deal for the size. I've always yeah. struggled to find something that small that looks like it gets pretty bright. And this is like 28% power, you know, really? so you can okay. adjust how bright and what the color temp is. Um, and then because it's light, I just am setting it here up on top of a lamp okay. off to the side. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great, um, I have... You know, I bought some, well, I shouldn't say that. Dave McCabe, back in the day, gifted me at Christmas these Cowboy Studio lights. That's I've Because I'm in the basement, I've actually mounted to the ceiling. So instead of having them down here, they're mounted with, uh, uh, yeah, just mounted to the ceiling. I don't need to explain why. It's just there. <laughs> and then um, pointed down at me. And so that's always given me some light. But not everybody has that kind of space. And so, Nathaniel, you two of those on either side pointed at you or two of those light bars i mean at 20 bucks each yeah. 40 dollars, and you're in pretty good shape right you could have those right, off right. to the side pointing at you right and that they'd give you pretty good that's almost a little too bright too much you want to diffuse that a but little if i bit had more. it farther back you can yeah. you adjust this the the light bar the, well the this light? one just does low and high but i okay. can't tell the difference <laughs> yeah so you get what you pay for. Is what you're I, these aren't exactly sophisticated. You, you, but get, yeah. uh, you get for 20 bucks, thing, you get what you pay for. You know, you said you, you've been able to set up your space and you've been doing it for podcasting for yeah. Uh, yeah. almost 10, 10 years. Yeah, almost is that right? 10. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but my wife's been working from home since March and we finally got her an actual desk and set it up with the docking station mm -hmm. and a proper thing. And I got flipped. I used to be on that side and I moved over here because I'm not here very often. So we're both in this yeah. small office, but for her getting a formal space, this is where I work. It's separate from the dining room. It's separate from everything else has made a big difference for that, that sort of mindset of, yeah. you know, I'm at work. I can close a door. That's huge for, for us and for kids to be able to have their own space. You know, my daughter has a little desk in her bedroom. She'll do her meet in there when she's you know, on a call and she can use headset or not, but there's a door to close. So having a space that's sort of dedicated for this type of work, if you want to call it, is is really helpful for that sort of mindset of, you know, focus. Yeah. Well, I think it needs to be comfortable too. I was early in the pandemic, yeah. I was struggling to see some things like physically see. I didn't have my, the resolution. It was different. I brought my office equipment home, but the distance that I was from the the monitors was different. And so the resolutions that I had in the office didn't work at home. Uh, the laptop uh, that I had wasn't bright enough in some cases. And I was in the angles were all wrong. And I was, you know, I was constantly doing this 
you know, to get the, to get in the, in the bifocals or in the trifocals on mine to get, I was constantly having them have my head up. Well, you do that all day. All of a sudden you're like, <laughs> yeah, Oh my God. Right. It, it's gotta be comfortable. And so what I, it, it took me too long to get to this point, but what I started looking, I, what I started doing is looking at every monitor and saying, do my eyes hurt when I look at this? Right. And if, mm. if it feels good, it's right. Regardless of what, the recommended settings are. If it feels good, if I'm not getting a headache, if I'm comfortable with it, that is right. And then I went through everything and set it to that. So now no matter what monitor I'm looking at based on what I'm using it for, I've got it set exactly to the right resolution where my eyes like to look at it. And it's amazing what that does for your productivity, you know? So do you think you adjust the resolution or do you adjust the uh, text size, or what does Microsoft yeah. call it, where it's like 125% yeah. scale? Sometimes both, to be honest. So sometimes I'll go in like on the laptop, uh, and, it, and it may take a combination of both. In other words, on a web page, the way the web page is set up, even though I might have 125 or 150% of that turned yeah. on, I'm going to I'm gonna either uh, cram the web page down or blow it up in Chrome so that the 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 um you know the the icons or the the uh, characters get to the right size for my eyes based on the distance that I'm mm -hmm. looking at them at right because that's that's key. I sit here. I also sit here for work. This is the work yeah. mode. This is podcasting mode. These are set differently than these because mm -hmm. I'm at, they're at a different they're at a different uh, length eyesight length. When I figured that out productivity shot through the roof because I was before I was, you know, about every 45 minutes, I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, oh, and I just, I didn't want to work. I was like getting physically frustrated. And now that I can see clearly, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. I could look at this all day, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that's key too, is getting that, getting your work environment set right for you. Right. Mike, have you, I'm, you, you're like me, we're always moving things around to get them just perfect. Yeah. You well, probably spent a lot of time doing that too. So my problem was, uh, I actually got told by one of our clients that my background down here was very unprofessional and, and I agree, right? Like this is a workshop area. It's nothing professional. Um, so I, I ended up just putting a desk up in our bedroom and you can't tell it's our bedroom because of the angle of the camera. I got it set up and that's just where I ended up. Set. It's kind of nice though. Cause I'm right in front of the window upstairs. I'm no longer in the dungeon of the basement. Right, right. Um, so I, I can even open up the window, have the nice air. Uh, and then if I don't have, I'm in meetings, like probably 75% of my day. Um, and when I'm not, then I'll try and go sit on the back patio. And I'll just sit with when I'm trying to crank out. Oh, we forgot <laughs> to press forgot the to button. Focus. You can keep talking. Um, okay. So I go to the backyard because, man, I have found, Jim, that, you know, we talked about struggling to focus on things. And I have found that the one place where I can focus is my backyard. If I'm mm. sitting on that back patio, that's not where any of my distractions are. There's no laundry. There's no, not that I do. I got to stop using laundry as an example. My wife's going to kill me because I don't do any of the laundry. Michael, but, you know, things like You that, don't do any laundry, Michael. Yeah. The, the dishes, the other computers, the ham radio, the iPads, everything right, like that, right, where I can right. go sit back there and I can get a bunch of stuff done. I'll just sit there, put the laptop on my lap and, and turn on some music from the speakers and, and crank yeah. it away there. See, and I'm, I couldn't be any less productive outside. I okay. get outside and I just lose, I lose my mind outside. It's just too beautiful. Too many things to look at. Nathaniel, yeah. do you have a spot? Like if you were to think, where am I the, the most productive? What's that for you? 
Yeah, it, it, pro- it depends. Mm. Probably in my desk at work. It's yeah, a little less, a little less crowded than here. I've got yeah. the screen set up on a visa mount the way I like. Yeah. You know, I've I've got things like you're set up, things where they're within arm's reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. if there's nobody there, then it's like super productivity mode. Um, but yeah, I, and then here, you know, I tinker on projects around the house and do things, and then it doesn't matter. Sometimes I'll be upstairs, sometimes downstairs. Yeah. Um, so it, it just depends. I did buy some blue light glasses oh. so that if I'm working late in the evening, I wear these. I don't normally wear glasses at all, but I've been wearing these just to see if that helps reduce some of the fatigue. Yeah. Um, but I don't wear them all the time, so it's hard to say whether it makes a difference or not. But yeah, I thought, well, that's an easy thing to add and try. That's hey, a, it's a good idea. My- and I agree with you. I should have said my work desk at work is where I am most productive and I need yeah. to get back there. Yeah. And I, honestly, I think they're to the point where you can just come in. Um, they used to say, if you, had, you need to have a reason to, I'm sure they'd be fine if I went back and worked there. Um, but you know, okay, then let's be a hundred percent honest. There are some really nice aspects of it, right? Like, like, am I the most, am I the most productive? No, but man, it is nice to be able to get some stuff done. Like you said, Jim, right? If you need to run somewhere real quick, do one right. quick thing. Um, it is no big deal. The few times like my oldest has forgot his lunch and you take it to school. No one's even noticed. It's not that awkward. Like, Hey, sorry, I got to run to my boy's school real quick. I'll, I'll be right back. I promise that you, I mean, no one even knows, right? Cause I have teams on my phone. Right. I can answer mm-hmm. calls and everything. I'm, they, they would have no idea where I was at. Yeah. I could be in Bora Bora and they would have no idea. The, um, the difference with that though, Mike is I'm a big video guy. And so I ping my coworkers and they're doing that. And I'm like, Hey, get jump on video. And they're like, Oh, I'm out, you know, I'm on the road or, you know, I'm dropping the kids off or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, it, I've noticed cause I'm insistent and I'm, I'm one of the few, I think I'm insistent. Every meeting has video. Like yeah. I want to see your face and, uh, and, and some, I can tell some of my coworkers are not necessarily at their desk, you know, or yeah. whatever. Well, I yeah. think, and, and we had that same thing. I think what set the tone was our boss was doing the same thing. One time he was in the kitchen filling up his coffee and then grabbing a sandwich while he was teams videoing it. He's like, I don't get, I mean, you guys are going to be up doing it. Yeah. One time he was in his yeah. car. He's like, oh, I got to go run to the, I got to get my birth certificate for my daughter or something like that for the hospital. Like he set the standard that it's, you can be on teams for video. You don't need to be sitting at the perfect spot. I don't care. He goes, we're really just talking internally about stuff. So I think when he set that tone, yeah. I've answered my teams from anywhere because right he's, I know he's not going to care. Right on. What get, he cares about is I'm going to answer. You would know, <laughs> right? Can you? Yeah, can you get there? Set the sleep mode on Teams, though. Set it to like not ping you between certain hours. Yeah. I do. Yep. That's I agree. a nice feature on the phone. It's like, nope, it's not going to make noise before 7 a.m. Yeah. Do not disturb on the iPhone is becoming more and more necessary. I have found. I don't. I have no alerts turned on. You, my phone makes no noise at any time during the day. So never. at night, never. Nope. Yeah. yeah, I don't lose. I don't use alerts that way. I'm just. It's just different for me. So How do you get a team call. Uh, it just it it buzzes. Well, it does. It'll buzz on my watch. Got it. Okay. So yeah. So I guess that's how I'm doing it. But I'm not wearing my watch at night. So that's. I guess that's my do not disturb is when my watch goes on the charger at night right before I go to bed it's off Done. until because my phone is off it's you're not nobody's getting a hold of me um Mike you have, well, I was you, say, you have you a, an iPhone user Nathaniel what are you using in are you using an iPhone or yeah. in the Google space yeah I have an iPhone 
iPhone. Are you? They did a lot of cool updates with the sleep and everything. The whole process of setting that up is kind of cool. Um, I actually stumbled into it in iOS 14. Have you set that up yet? Where it you try to tell it when you go to bed, when you wake up, it'll start to. It automatically does the do not disturb. It tells you, hey, you should stop looking at your phone now because it's time to go to bed. I'm like, oh. And the reminder has been nice because I've been like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's almost like a guilt trip. Like, okay, fine. I'll set down my phone. It is. You're right. It's starting to get close to that time. Um, And then it does an automatic alarm for you in the morning, and it kind of soothes you into waking up. And this is all built into which is I know there's a lot of apps that people have used. So I don't know. I had never looked into this. I had never used a sleep tracker app or a sleep setup app. It's been kind of fun because I now I wear my watch at night because it's built into the watch too. Um, and be, obviously it's geostorms turned on automatically. So I don't care. It's just nicely wakes you up. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I haven't I haven't upgraded to iOS 14 yet. I was waiting to like a few more 0.1.2 updates because <laughs> things are working and and like like Jim says, I just want my phone to work. This yeah. I don't want it to have problems, so I just I'll be patient. But I am curious about some of that stuff, uh, making it a little easier. I've kind of stepped away from sleep tracking and Fitbit and activity, and just kind of taking a pause on all that. And I still wear a watch during the day, but I take it off at night. And um, it's just it's it's a sort of a self preservation. Yeah. The fewer yeah. distractions in my world lets me get through the day and focus on more important things. So I haven't I haven't really opened Facebook in two three weeks. Um, and what we've done with some of my family is we've converted to uh, using a iPhoto shared album. So we just once every while there's a cute picture of a cousin or a nephew, we just put it in there, yeah. and then people get it but we're not going on Facebook and seeing the mm-hmm. posts and garbage. And it's sort of, we want to share these moments and these things, but not through that oh. tool. That's so, okay. That's use case. It's so funny you say that because I've never thought of it in that way before. And honestly, when you do add the photo to the shared photo albums, it gives you that pop-up. Like you're going to write a post mm-hmm. almost. About it. I never got that because in our family we've always set up like hey we're all going to lake of the ozarks we're going to set up a shared album so that we can just gather everyone's photos in one place because her mom likes to create albums and stuff. so it's been a gathering method but it's never been a share like we've only used it when we're all in the same place at an event trying to just gather all our photos that's a really good idea to use it almost as a social media just yeah private- i mean it's almost like a private instagram where it's a photo yeah. And maybe a small caption or a small video, you know, and it could be, I was going through a photo album and I found this old print of grandma and I'm just going to take a picture and, Hey, remember grandma, you know, and, and then everybody gets to see it. And it's very easy. You just got to get everybody signed into the same shared album. And then Mm -hmm. it just starts showing up. And like you said, you get a notification. It's been a really good way to stay connected with different family members that aren't close by and you can't visit and, um, or who are on social media. My parents are not on, they refuse. Right. They've never been on any social media. And uh, so we always have to text them the photos. And that's a really good idea. Man. Well, we actually, we use Snapchat for that, but nothing else. So Snapchat's like our family. We don't follow anybody else. I don't, but we don't follow anybody else on Snapchat except the family. And so I go in there each night and I look at some of the snaps that the the kids have put, you know, they'll they'll update throughout the day. See the grandkids, those kinds of things. Yep. And it, I wonder if you'll see a yeah. condensing of the social media instead of how many friends can you collect on right. product platform ABC? 
how small can you make your yeah. <laughs> your your circle of uh, influence? Yeah, it's so funny you talk about that, and this could be a whole. I won't even dive into this, but the social uh, social dilemma, right? Is that the new Netflix? Yeah, I gotta go see that. Everybody's been talking about that. It's phenomenal. If you haven't seen okay. it, phenomenal. But what I've liked is actually I found myself gravitating towards Discord because it's smaller groups with a targeted uh, market or targeted purpose, right? So I'm in Discord groups, Discord servers, channels, whatever you want to call them, for like one for ham radio things, and they're just these very small, tight knit groups. I have no ads, I see nothing else. All I can I can go there and just interact with my peeps, right? These are my ham radio guys, and I can talk ham radio, no ads, no nothing, and get out and not have anything else thrown in my face. I'm like. Yeah beautiful i would easily ditch facebook for something like discord um full-time because i could just live there and not have to worry about all the extra stuff of the social media platforms so you're right nathaniel you've almost created your own little with you know with photo sharing there it is there's another way to kind of avoid the social media do it yourself um yeah i like it that's good nathaniel last question before we let you go or before we wrap this up um it's christmas time coming up like it's I, I don't know how many it's not many 60 some days maybe for christmas right or uh, maybe a little bit more maybe 75 days when you think about tech a tech gadget for christmas in in something you're kind of got your eyes on hoping santa will bring what do you get your eyes on from a gadget perspective oh that's a good one uh well i was i was very intrigued about the build your own sound baffle panel mm-hmm. that was on a couple of weeks ago Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I've been watching Daniel some YouTube videos about building your own sound panel. Not the yeah. LED light strip. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that was way. That's good. That, that's like a ham radio complexity of LED light mm-hmm. setups. I mean, that was it was fascinating. But I would I would like to add some sound baffles in here yeah. that just deaden the sound some. Yeah. So that's a project I want to kind of work on. My wife doesn't think it's a great idea, but yeah. we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I like the idea of um, getting a little bit better at my smart home gadgets mm-hmm. and getting them consolidated. Right now, I've got them split between smart things and Hubitat, yeah. and and picking one because not smart things can't do everything, and a Hubitat can do everything. So, you know, going there and mm-hmm. um, I think that would be something. But a gadget, man, I don't know. I kind of would like um, just a straight UHD. Blue 4K Blu-ray player, really? Like, not just the Xbox, but just a. Because I can say, why, why don't you just go with the Xbox? It's just a, it's, it's like the worst bucks. Blu-ray player ever. Yeah, the that's true. is you're bad, and the right. remote, and you're right. Yeah, I, I want, want just a clean UHD player. Okay. Still buy Blu-rays? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was more what I was curious about is I just, as more people start to just rent it off of any service, whatever device they have, um, the physical media side, but actually I have a few friends who are very much into owning physical media. I'm always like, I don't know how many of those are left, but good to know that there are still a lot of people out there that are buying Blu-rays. Is it hard to find? I've honestly never, I've bought like maybe one Blu-ray in my life because the Xbox was so bad. (laughs) It depends. What's interesting is that some movies are never upgraded to Blu-ray. So I'll think like, oh, I haven't watched this movie in a long time. I want to watch it with my dad. And it's only on DVD. And I'm like, okay. And you can't rent it anywhere, you know? So there's movies you have to get on disc. And and I like, you know, I take my Blu-rays and put them on Plex and then I can share them with my family. And 
So that's part of the rationale is like, I can take it and make it digitized to share it easier than I can share a disc. Um, but yeah, I still buy them and not a lot. And sometimes it's cheaper. You know, it's ridiculous that I can buy a disc cheaper on Amazon than renting it or not renting it, but usually than buying it. So they want $14.99 to buy, own the digital copy and I can buy the disc for $7.99. And sometimes you can get three packs. So I just watched the um, M. Night Shyamalan series of Unbreakable Split and Glass. And I can get those discs cheaper in a three pack from England than renting mm. them, you know? So it's crazy. Yeah. And, and now yeah. I have a big shelf of media that I'm going to have to. <laughs> Send a goodwill someday, but I know we got to listen. We have three shelves of media that Sarah just buys them. We buy DVDs forever. And so she just a movie we want. She just buys it. We don't even ask questions. And I was doing it on Plex for a while. And then I'm like, nah, mm -hmm. nah, it's just going to sit in the shelf. We'll just do it that way. Well, no, good enough. Well, if you guys will hang tight for me one second, let me close this up. We'll do a little bit of post show here, but a couple of reminders before you go. I mentioned this. If you want to support us, on Patreon and be part of that Patreon meetup group, which we're doing like every other month at this point, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. We got a $5 plan if you want to join us out there. I always appreciate it when you support the show. It just allows me to have some uh, ability to do some things here on the network or buy some gadgets and do that kind of stuff. So we appreciate that. Mike, I appreciate your endorsement of Discord. And so you can join us in our Discord group, which is actually super calm. Like it's it's the calmest group I've ever been in. It's it's just super reasonable. So if you're looking for a place, right? I mean, don't you think, Mike? Oh, you might you muted yourself, Mike. Sorry. It is definitely a non-toxic uh, environment. Yeah. There. Easily throw any question out there, talk to things. People just throw stuff out there all the time. It's a it's a really fun place. And listen, if you make it toxic, I'm going to throw you out. So the sure. average guy, <laughs> the average guy TV slash Discord gets you there as well. And uh, you know what? We'd love to, Mike and I, we got some shows coming up where it's just the two of us, and we'd love to get your voicemail. Wouldn't we, Mike? Wouldn't we love to have some voicemail, yeah, some questions, some comments, some things to yeah. respond to? I have a super easy way now for you to give us the voicemail. So go to homegadgetgeeks.com, and over in the right-hand corner, even I think on the on the uh, the, uh, the phone version of it, there's a little, like a little microphone. If you just push it and then talk. Nathaniel referred to this ancient technology called talking on your phone earlier in the show. Nobody really knows what that is anymore, but you push the button and then you just talk. And when you're done, you push it again and we get a message from you. We love to have some of those messages. So this week, next week, whenever, whenever you're listening to this, just pick it up and leave us a crazy message. Do something fun. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. I want to try that service out. We, we recently moved that from an app to using uh, PodPage to get it done. And they have a service where you can leave a message. So do that as well. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. If you want to send me an email, you can't. Not as fun, but Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. And it's always good to hear from you, Neil, who sends me an email all the time. So appreciate that. Twitter at Jay Collison, at Uyghur Tech over there for, for Mr. Uyghur. And uh, if you want to join us on Facebook, you can join the Facebook group. Uh, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Facebook. I had to think about that one for a second here. TheAverageGuy.tv, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And that's Christian. He's doing bang-up work. I'm going to see him in two weeks. So I'm kind of excited about hanging out at his place. Full COVID things in place, masks. We're doing the whole thing. Uh, but we're going to get a chance to see hey, Christian here. Great email hosting, too. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. Uh, I run my... I run my uh, 
whiskey zero echo golf Romeo, my, my ham radio email through him uh, and the website through him. And it, it just, it works. It's so great. It's amazing. He does a great job. He'll do anything. Ten, yep. uh, plan start at 10 bucks, maplegrovepartners.com. And then don't forget December 2nd is actually, but December 3rd is the, the date uh, Thursday, December 3rd. We are going to celebrate 10 years of home gadget geeks. What was called home tech and Nathaniel, you were on home tech one forty three. Like, you were in here before we even changed it to Home Gadget Geeks. And do you remember? Do you remember us calling it Home Tech? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. I was on that, and then Rich's random podcast generator. podcast generator. Yeah, it was those super fun days when we just that was we were blab before there was blab. It was super cool. That's you, right. You can. Um, we want to have you join us December third, Thursday night, December third, special anniversary, ten year anniversary. Uh, party. We're going to come out, uh, join us live. Make sure you just get that on the calendar. So you join us live. We want to have you out here. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Nathaniel, thanks for coming out and being a part. Well, one, thanks for being a part of the community. Two, thanks for being a Patreon subscriber. I appreciate that um, as well. And three, just thanks for being a great guy. I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, I was so, thinking in my head, like, yeah, I have to pay to have friends and people to hang out with, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it Not out loud true. until just now. Well, it, it, but it helps us do the things that we do. So thanks. That's for, what uh, I do it for. I want to support I, it. I, I get a lot out of it. I appreciate you doing that. So with that, we'll say goodbye. Everybody.